join Rabbit and Red Radio Network on Patreon for exclusive shows, content, swag, and more. For the low price of $2 per month, you can join the family. So check us out at patreon.com slash rabbit and red radio network one. That's patreon.com slash rabbit and red radio network, the number one. going guys welcome to poe talks uh y'all decided to come on the show and sit down and talk with me a little bit uh scott hand uh you're a director you got uh i, I saw the trailer on the uh the other show you did on the network uh the black tent uh i know you got some other irons in the fire and we'll we'll talk about what we can and uh um kevin uh ebner and you're you're an actor you you're in this uh what films i, I saw you have like a lot Sorry, Lycan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did, I did Lycan with Scott, and then uh, the uh, future project Black Tank coming up. So, oh, okay, no, but I saw your your IMDb, and you have the other credits and stuff. And one of them, it looked like a Western type horror. Was it Western horror, or was it just a Western type thing? Oh, uh, that that one's still in uh, uh, pre production and everything. Oh, it right is. Now, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's interesting. No, I just saw that. So, what is it? A Western horror, or is it just a Western? Or yeah, it's a Western horror. Um, it is. Okay. Yeah, it hasn't been any film and date set yet. So, but that'll be coming up within the next year or two. Cool. No, it, uh, it, it caught my eye. That's why I asked about it because I, I like westerns and I like horror. And when you put both of those together, I think it's pretty interesting. Kind of like uh, Bone Tomahawk. What the way they did that film was just. I don't. Did you guys happen to see that one? Which one? Uh, Bone Tomahawk with no. Kurt Russell. Oh, man. That, I never saw Bone Tomahawk. Oh, um, it, it's on my list to catch, though. Uh, it, it was on my list, too, and one day I just pulled the trigger on it, and I'll tell you what, I did not regret it. That is, that's a great film. It has uh, um, Luke Wilson's in it. Uh, wow, my God, I can't think of his last name. He was the guy on Lost. His name's Matt something, Matt. I can't even think of it, but uh, Sid Haig was in it. I think it was one of his last films he was in. Oh wow! And um, um, I'm trying to think of people's names. I'm drawing a blank right now. But a lot of people <laughs> are in this, and it, it's a good movie. It's not bad at all. But I mean, it, it starts off kind of like a western, and then it just the horror element just keeps going. And then like at the very end, it's like, <laughs> it, gets pretty, it, just you with a punch. It, it pretty, it gets pretty rough. And I'm like, wow, this is insane. Like this, I've had a lot of people tell me to watch that movie. I'd yes. Hop yeah. up on my list to catch. Yes, it, it, uh, it should be. I, I recommend it to everybody that's never seen. I'm like, you need to see bone Tomahawk, but um, that's what that reminds me of. Yeah. Yeah. Check it out, because uh, I saw you're in a horror western. I'm like, yeah, that's what jogged my memory on it. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, Scott, you you've been uh, directing for a while, or has this just something that that's come about lately? Or what? I, I'm sorry, I, I'm uh, treat me as ignorant, sir, because <laughs> uh, well, actually, I've been I've been planning for this for quite some time. 
uh, I started out, you know, um, doing little like, uh, you know, like little stuff here and there, you know, locally. And then uh, I went through some formal training uh, over the Art Institute in New York uh, back in the 90s, long time ago. And uh, I was writing, I was beginning to put together my ideas of movies that I would eventually write and hopefully direct. So I think by the time 2000, it had, I'd had two completed screenplays, one of which I sold, made some money on that, hasn't been produced. Um, I keep checking all the time to see what's going on and if anything's going on. And if it uh, ends up going back, I'm going to try to snatch my rights back. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, then I had some other ones. And then uh, through the years, you know, I kind of drifted back and forth with it because, you know, uh, it's always tough, you know, raising money for these things, you know, good, good yeah. cost money. And uh, the way I want to do things, it's it's really hard to do them on a micro budget. So you really, I, you know, I have to be really creative and do my best. Fortunately, I'm very blessed by knowing a lot of very talented people. And I've always been. And so about six or six years ago, I guess, um, a friend of mine, uh, who was originally from New Jersey uh, had seen a couple of my documentaries and he said, uh, uh, why don't you just do a short film? He said uh, he had worked on a couple. He gave me some pointers, some tips. He said, and this will, you know, you get something out, show them that you can do something for nothing, you know, for, you know, as little as possible. And, you know, um, you know tell a cohesive story. I mean, it was so funny because his name's Al and, uh, his uh, thing he was always saying was, uh, you have more talent in your body than I have in my little pinky. <laughs> so, uh, I, took that, I, I took that confidence. And I figured, well, you know what? I uh, grew up here in Jersey. I uh, love the Jersey Devil. I've been, you know, that haunted me as a child. Uh, I've always had a, uh, this dream of doing one. I had written a feature length, which I still hope to do. So I figured, you know what? I can scale this down to practically nothing, do it as a little play. Um, you know, once I get a, a trained cameraman and editor, which was Andrew Boylan, um, thank, thank, you know, thank God for him. Um, and we got together some people, we went and did it. Uh, it actually, we figured we could probably shoot it in a couple of days, but it ended up being seven shooting days. <laughs> And uh, I think, you know, for the most part, I just watch, it's funny because I just watched it again today because we were going to be interviewed. And I'm still very proud of it because it's like when you, at least for me, when I write, it's like you see, I see things and I'm like, I just really hope I can get everybody on the same page to get in here and see what I see. And there are so many scenes in that when I do look at it, I mean, it's like, wow, I mean, I, just the fact that I was able to pull it off and just, you know, to get it from here to there, it's, it's a, it's a real accomplishment. I, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, do it. And then you get a lot of confidence from that, you know, because then you've done it, you know. And at that point, I was like, I, I was ready to go on. I, I wanted to do the Black Tent next. You know, originally I was going to do Black Tent as a short film. I figured do a little movie, yeah, get a little about a magician, uh, maybe, maybe throw a little monster in there. But then I thought, you know, that's going to be a little bit too big. But then as I started to run with it, I couldn't see it any other way. I really couldn't see the the black tent any other way. I couldn't do, I can't do the illusionist. I can't do, you know, a remake that movie or uh, the Pussy yeah. Uncle Hugh Jackman prestige or prestigious or something. Um, I, I couldn't do that. I can't do a dueling magician movie. That's when my mentor, Jim Demuse proposed it. It, it, it. That's how he had pitched it to me. And I was like, Jim, there's two movies right now. I mean, it's only been a few years, I, you know, 
And, you know, he's, I don't know, he, in his mind, he had another angle on it. But, you know, if I'm the one going to be stuck directing this, I've got to really like the material. And if I have to write it as well, I got to love this, you know. And I'm a monster guy. I like monster movies, you know. And I just don't think we ever have enough monster movies. So I figured, you know, I, I, I got to, you know, I got to put, if you put a monster in there and you get a magician in there, you know, then you could have something pretty cool. So I guess uh, since you said monster movies, I guess you were heavily influenced by some of the monster movies from, you know, long days ago, you know, like in the sixties and fifties and all that stuff. Universal. Um, yeah. Universal monsters, which I think that's just a, I think it's neat that they still exist. You know what I mean? Like how, it, how it came from an era where it was the depression and that then people went to go see that it was something different. It was something cool and made up and it's just had that staying power all till you know even now and i don't know about you but they they keep on talking about like redoing these i'm like just leave them the fuck alone (laughs) like don't don't (laughs) don't try to do frankenstein now and 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 that is that is one of my favorite ones is ever since i've been you know yeah, I'm not that old. I'm, you know, in my 40s. But, you know, growing up, they showed those, you know, on like Monster Vision or, you know, during Halloween. So I always liked Frankenstein. I always did. I always loved that movie. And I loved the story with it. And I, I just don't I just don't think they can do it justice now. It's just yeah, well, stylized. I, I, I think the thing, Aaron, is, you know, now it's all about special effects. Yeah. In those days, it was story over the substance. It was all about the script. You know, you had to have a really good story and you had to have really good actors, you know. And I don't mean to, you know, knock any of the actors out in Hollywood or anything like that. But I just think everything's special effects driven now. It is. And I think that's the problem. And I think that's what it's lacking. And I think that's the reason why the independent film route is really the way to, you know, go in the future. I think that's really going to I think that's the future. You know, I, 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 I do too. I agree. I agree with that statement. I think it is because right now it's just all superhero movies. And like you said, Hey, if that's making you millions of dollars, go for it. You know, that's, you want to play a character like that? Go ahead, Kevin. I'm sorry. No, yeah. no, no. I didn't mean to inject. I was going to say, it's kind of like, what was I think Scorsese said it. It's uh they're going to see the character, not the actor anymore. Right. Exactly. So they're going to see Captain America, not Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. And Chris Evans, he he does a good He's job a at everything. Actor, yeah. yeah, he is. He's all these actors that are in these films are. Uh, I'm not going to say all of them, but pretty much all of them are solid actors. They are. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch or whatever is. I can't even say his last name, but he's a great actor, and and it saddens me. You know, whenever this started to turn in, what was it? In 1999 was the first X-Men uh, live action, right? 2000. 2000, around that. Yeah. Oh, so you had that, and then we started to see this form. And then 2003 with Iron Man, which they thought it wasn't going to do anything, blew the fuck up. And, you know, good for Robert Downey Jr. and everything. But then you saw, like, the good, good actors. You know, I, I still hold Daniel Day-Lewis, like, up here. And he was like... I'm done, you know, in the mid, I, I think it was like 2016. He's like, bye, you know, yeah. I'm out. And I think it scared a lot of 
real actors off this right. whole, you know, this whole superhero thing. And not to say I don't enjoy those movies. I do less now because I think it's the same thing over and over again. But that's my opinion. <laughs> Send your hate mail. <laughs> Send your hate mail to me if you want. But that that's how I feel. And, and a lot of independent movies that I've been catching, I, I mean, I've, I've gone that way. And usually, you know, when I was younger, I thought of independent, like some like stupid, you know, whatever, artsy, whatever movie. But now I go back and I look at it, I was like, holy shit, they actually tell a fucking story and you get engaged in some of these characters. Uh, wh what do you think, Kevin, on, on, on that? Is that uh, do you gravitate more towards that because of that? The story think, and everything? I think absolutely. You took the words out of my mouth on that one. Like all these, <laughs> all, these, all these big studios, like kind of like what you're saying with the monster movies, they're just rehashing old ideas. It's like nobody really has an original idea anymore. And that's why people are kind of going to these indie films more, myself included, because people are telling a story they want to tell. Plus, there's a lot more heart behind it because they yeah. got to come up with the budget themselves, and they're finding people that are interested and excited about the projects. Um, that's why I love working with Scott because, I mean, that's exactly how everybody feels on set. They just want to bring this together and tell a great story. And you can you can really tell on a lot of these independent features, you can tell that everybody was having a good time and, you know, like everybody came together. Of course, it, just like any relationship, you know, I love my brothers, but even I fight with my brothers, you're going to have that element, but then you also have the togetherness and look at what we're going to do. And, and it, it just comes out. And sometimes you can see that projected on the screen and with the superhero movies, don't really see that projected. You know, you just see lasers and flashing lights and all this stuff. And I get it. It's cool, but I want to see that, you know, there's something else that, that went into this and you can tell that the people worked well together instead of just going through the motions, which I think that's what this whole thing is. You know, <laughs> that's what I think they're doing. Well, I think that's why Top Gun Maverick did so much better in a lot of movies this year is because all the uh, Marvel movies are right in front of a green screen. There's a lot more actual yeah. sets in Top Gun Maverick. Like they're actually going out in the elements are actually on a ship and all that. Yeah. For the most part, I mean, there's CG in it, but I mean, for the most part, they want to bring the old blockbuster back. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't beating you over the head with it. No. Is really what it, you know what I mean? You could tell like, yeah, okay, yeah I get it. That's CGI, <laughs> but they didn't like just oversaturate the film with that. And I think a lot of people gravitated towards that and it, and it, and it really got you engaged in the story. And really I, I'll, I'm the first one to say I thought it was going to be stupid. <laughs> like I was like, nah, <laughs> come on, really, from the 80s. And, and Top Gun, it, it is what it is. But then I went to the theater and saw it, and I was like, wow, that was an actually good movie. Like, it, it, it was, I, I enjoyed it. So, you know, I like being proven wrong. I don't like to be right. <laughs> I like to be wrong. <laughs> that's a rare thing, I guess, but that's how I feel. I, I like to be wrong about things, you know. So, but, uh, Scott, other than, other than the horror genre, I know you said you like monster movies, but is there any like aspirations of anything else? Like kind of like to do any other type of movie? Sure. Sure. I, actually, it's, it's really funny that you say that because uh, I have written a, I wrote a feature length film for a slapstick comedy and <laughs> I also have a short that we could do basically at any given point, Kevin knows about this. I've already 
mentioned this to him at various points, but uh, I figure, you know, if that's going to, you know, if we, we'll probably do the short one first, that way we could just shoot it in like five or six shooting days and surprise everybody when it's done and ready to go. And maybe, you know, you have a fun, you know, 28 minute little film, you know, to laugh at. Um, but that's, uh, you know, uh, Kevin um, Tenney, uh, you know, the director of Witchboard, you know, yeah. he, uh, I had met him, yes, uh, five years ago or so. And we had a great conversation. He was awesome. And he said to me, you know, Scott, horror and comedy are very, very close because with comedy, you're setting up the joke and in horror, you're setting up the kill. So if you can do a good horror movie, you can probably do a good comedy. So I took that and I remembered a lot of crazy things that have happened that I've witnessed through the years that I, I every time I would pitch to people, they couldn't believe it. And I figured, you know what? I probably should just write this script and see what, you know, what kind of feedback I get. And I did finish that. That's the feature length script. And uh, the very few people that have read it are like, man, you you know, where did you come up with this? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> believe it or not, almost everything happened to me as is in that. And they're like, you're no, come on now. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, so. I figured, you know, before I do that, you know, before we go, you know, full length feature film, you know, I did Lost in the Night as a short and um, I've got my first feature film as a horror movie with a little bit of humor. You know, Kevin can vouch for that in it, you know, oh, yeah. like and uh, I figured, you know, I could do this short movie first, you know, and when we get that finished, who knows, you know, if they like it and they want to see the a full length comedy from me and, you know, hopefully Kevin would come along for that too. And, uh, we could do it, you know, with the right, you know, we could do the, get, you know, get the money, the funding together for the feature length film. Hey, we could do it, you know? So yeah, that's the current play. I do actually, um, it, I was asked this for a, uh, I have another podcast come up in about two weeks and I was, uh, I was given some questions for this one. And another thing is I have two ideas for very, uh, dramatic uh, biographical movies. So I already have them both outlined. They're going to be really long scripts when I sit down to write them. Um, I, God knows if they'll ever get produced, but I would imagine seriously, they're either going to be two part movies or they're going to be like three hour plus movies by the time I would, if I do them, you know, well, usually movies like that kind of uh, have to be a little bit longer. <laughs> so to get enthralled in that kind of, you know, story, but yeah, I I don't know, like uh, you know, with the with the question stuff, I I just uh, like I said, this is an open forum thing. I'm I'm not you know, it's like not calculated questions on my part whatsoever. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I'm just uh, you know, I I enjoy just uh, you know hearing about the different stories uh, you guys might have about just everything, you know, uh, the process of uh, what you do and. And kind of what influenced you as well, um, uh, Kevin. What what made you say I'm gonna I want to be an actor? Like I want to I want to act in movies. I want to do this thing. Uh, honestly, it goes back to my younger. Um, yeah. Speaking of remaking uh, old classic <laughs> horror movies, the Brendan Fraser uh, Mummy movie. I don't know what it is that made me want to act. Because I just I saw I Brendan Fraser in that movie is like the as a kid for me in the nineties, he was a pinnacle of like the uh, adventurer character, like Indiana Jones would have been for anybody growing up in the eighties. 
I don't know, seeing that movie just kind of made me want to be like, I want to do that. Like, he gets to act like this and be cool, you know? Yeah, gunslinging and all this stuff, taking on the mummy. <laughs> I want to do that stuff. But then, like, I kind of teetered off for a while. And then, um, uh, somebody I used to work with up at Maurice Piers, I used to live in Wildwood as well. Uh, he was the director over at the dinner theater in Cape May. And I ran into him uh, one night. He ran karaoke at a bar down uh, in uh, Rio Grande down there. And I was like, hey, uh, you looking for any actors? He goes, you can come by. You can audition. <laughs> Whenever he goes, you don't have to audition. You're in it. So <laughs> From there, like uh, I did a couple of shows, and people would see me on stage. Uh, I worked with a couple of people up north, uh, Jersey. And uh, I've done a couple of short films with them. One of them's on IMDb, the, uh, Nothing Left. That's won a couple of awards in a couple uh, film festivals. Uh, that's a that's a horror comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, very cool. Done a couple of things with them and with Scott, and still doing a couple of dinner theater things here and there. But uh, I mean, honestly, it, it's it it's it goes back to just loving movies more than anything too. Because uh, as a kid, my my brother is about ten years older than me. He worked at a college uh, in Philadelphia as a security guard. He come home late. I wait wait up all night or wait up till midnight. Till he got home, and we just watch movies all night, and it'd be like a school night. And my mom like, go to bed. I'm like, no, we're gonna watch the next horror movie. We watch all all the Halloween movies on like one night. <laughs> but uh, that's kind of where it all comes from. With that, I mean, I just love it. Um, it it's cool to kind of escape into somebody else's skin for a while too, and live somebody else's life, and just try to bring that character to life as well, and just try to understand it and hash it out in front of the camera. I think in all honesty, even with myself, you know, it goes back, you know, decades ago when uh, I had seen Moonraker, you know, oh, okay. James Bond movie, you know, mm-hmm. I wanted to see that. And, you know, back in those days, they were single screen theaters, you know, the <laughs> 50 feet wide, you know, it's like 55 feet tall, you know, with the curtain that parts and everything. And, you know, you go in there and you really get lost up into it. You think. Wow, that's awesome. And then you find out you're like, wow, these guys actually get paid to do this stuff. And it's like, you gotta be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, wow, you know. And it's I think at that point, that's when I really like got into it. I mean, I think I knew, I mean, at that early age, I think I was like seven when that came out. And it's like at that point I knew every movie that was coming out, like I was like, I was like a kid looking at the newspaper to see what's coming out Friday, you know, each week and all. And it was like I really was into the movies big time. And I think at that point. I was really studying like the actors, like John Ritter on Three's Company, like his, like his motions, like you know his, uh, you know all his different, like you know how he was able to like hit his uh, cues and all and things. And I, I was really fascinated by that. You know, I thought that was really cool. And you know, it would get to a point I would scrutinize, you know, very much so. You know, <laughs> no, like VCR or anything like that in those days. So I, you sort of had to mentally record this stuff. You know, and then you catch it on reruns and then you would sort of look at things and look at like, you know, the, the bodily motion and things like that. And then you, I would try to replicate it, you know, and you would find out it's not really easy, as easy as it looks. Um, and it got me really interested. And then I, I guess I was thinking at that point, you know, flirting back and forth with maybe acting. And, you know, then it kind of, you know, it goes away, you know, you get caught up in life doing different things. And during that time, uh, I had had a chance. I mean, I, 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 to this day, I mean, the fact that I was able to get a, 
a telephone interview, the way I got it with Anthony Hickox was just really like amazing. I never expected in a million years that <laughs> it would have happened at the time. I was collecting Fangoria magazine. Every time a Fangoria came out, man, I was like, the, I would like, you'd get one, I'd see the date, like it would be coming out the next one. And I would read it like 10 times. I would know the, the issue backward and forward. And I would call up like the bookshop to find out, you know, if they have it on that day. And then I'd shoot over and get it. And he was doing a lot of movies at the time. He had done, um, uh, Waxwork 2 and he was doing Hellraiser 3 and he was going right on to Warlock the Armageddon. He was going like from movie to movie. It was like, you know, he, he did Waxwork and there was like a, a, a window and then he did Sundown and then there was like two and a half years because the whole movie was caught up in like a, a bankruptcy with Vestron Pictures, I think is what he told me if I remember right. And then he got one off and he, he did Waxwork 2 and uh, I was reading about him and I was in college at the time and I was taking a creative writing class and we were going to be doing uh, you know, dialogue. We were going to do a dialogue writing. And the, she was going around asking, who do you want to interview? Uh, you know, my mother, my father, my neighbor, you know, that kind of thing. They get to me and she's, you know, she says, who do you want to interview? I says, Anthony Hickox. Everybody's like, who? <laughs> you know, they all turn around, who? You know, and here I am pulling out my Fangoria magazine, you know, with yeah. <laughs> hands on the cover, you know. And I'm like, uh, yeah, he did this movie. And they're like, well, you know, I, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to be able to talk to him. You might want to think about it. So in those days, you know, it was so different in 1993. It was so different. You know? Yes. A buddy of mine <laughs> who's long gone now, uh, he said to me, he's like, why don't you just, you know, th- does it say, you know, where he lives? I said, yeah, Beverly Hills, California. In the interview, he says, why don't you just call 555-1212-213? I thought, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm not, I figured I'll call, I'll get somebody else, you know, so I call up and, um, I never forget it. They give me, they give me this number and I, I'm just sort of like, I'm writing it down. And I'm like, this isn't going to be him. I call up this, this woman answers the phone with this thick British accent. And uh, now I'm going, Oh my God. You know, cause this guy, I know I haven't spoken to him before, but I know this guy's British. And uh, I said to her, I told her who I was, what I wanted to do. And she says, Oh, that's so nice, but he doesn't live here anymore. She says, I'm his mother. Now she's saying this. I've got one of the, I've got like one of the Fangorias open. You know, and I'm reading about his father was Douglas Hickox, who had done Fader Blood. And his mother is the Academy Award winning editor of Lawrence of Arabia. So oh, man, I'm just I'm just sort of like, well, can I talk to you for a few minutes? <laughs> I'm like, I hate to bother you, but did, did you really work on it? Like, oh, yes. Yeah. So she's going in this whole story. And, you know, I'm taking man. Yeah, page after page after page. You know, I'm trying to keep up with her and I'm stopping her. You know, I'm feeling like I'm being rude to her, um, you know. And, um, and then she says to me, she drops the, the bomb on me. She says, uh, I just finished. Uh, editing a new movie and uh, with Clint Eastwood. And I knew right away, I'm like, in the line of fire, because that was coming out. That yeah. Was coming out in a few months. And she's like, oh, you know of it. And I'm like, yeah, I can't <laughs> wait July 9th. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. I mean, yeah, that's, so, that's a cool story, man. Yeah, but so she, she gave me his number. She said, this is his private number. I'm going to give it to you. He'd love to talk to you. And uh, I called him, and it was a uh, you know an answering machine. I left a message, and uh, you know I knew he was going to call me back. You know, I just I kind of knew if nothing more, his mom's going to call him and say, you know, call this guy. You know, you know, like mom tells you to do something, you're going to do it. You know, so yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for this call. He would have been grounded. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, even if you're 35 years old back. Then, <laughs> 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 yeah. But. Uh, 
So anyway, it was getting late. I, I, I was just, I was losing energy. I was falling asleep and I had the phone, like, like I had it clenched in my fist, you know? And I was, I was, I was out and I was falling asleep and I could hear the phone ring and I'm like coming out of the sleep. I'm like, Oh, hello. you know, I'm trying to grab, and I hear the click and I'm thinking, okay, call, you know, call back, call him again, wait five minutes. And I'm like, right, I'm going to wait five minutes. I'm looking at the clock. Phone starts ringing back. It's him. I pick up the phone and I get this interview for like an hour. Awesome. And that was it. Once I had that interview with him, then I knew I didn't want to be an actor. I just wanted to write movies and direct movies. I knew right from that point. No, that's, that's awesome, man. That's an, that's an, that is a crazy story. <laughs> you got to talk to, <laughs> man, I, I wonder what that was like back in the day on Lawrence of Arabia on that film set. Holy crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'd have to go find my notes to, you know, go back with everything. When yeah. I, I remember I was beating her up with uh, trying to get a lot of information on the line of fire, and she was being very tight-lipped. Oh, of course. <laughs> she was being really tight-lipped. She was like, I can't say. I can't tell you. She's like, I'm on an NDA. And I said, a what? And she's like, an NDA? I'm like, what's an NDA? And she's like, oh, it's a non-disclosure agreement. Of course, yeah. when you get the business, then you know exactly what it is. But when you're 21, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you're on a what? <laughs> I'm thinking, is this a drink? Is it a pill? Is it, you know? I, I didn't know. You know? <laughs> big letters at me, lady. <laughs> I'm only 21. I'm still in school. <laughs> oh, man. But it was cool. I mean, I got that interview. That really kind of launched me. That's that's when I really started getting serious. I started piecing together Lost in the Night. I put together another script that I still have the rights to. And then I did another one, which was going to be a family comedy. And that was the one I was originally thinking I'd do myself. And um, I'd written it with somebody. And uh, there was interest in it. And, you know, it didn't happen, you know. But um, we'll see what, you know. I mean, who knows, you know. You know we're, we're, it might get picked up somewhere. <laughs> And then maybe maybe it'll come back my way at some point. I mean, that'd be pretty. Cool. You never. I think, I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you seriously. You know, with Black Ten, I, you know, if all goes according to my plans, it's going to be very much German expressionism. You know, that's Tim Burton. You know, for those that don't know his look, you know. And I would think if I could do it, I mean, the Fantastic Fairy Tale would be like the the perfect foil for that movie because you could still do that. I could do that once again with except instead of making it dark and dingy and grimy and you know like a grim fairy tale we could make it more a little more happy a little more hopeful a little more you know what i'm saying it would be like yeah kind of feeling but again but then we got to work with kids so you know, yeah <laughs> you know because that's mostly you know we're dealing with children you know on that set except of course you know we have uh we have a villain in that, which I've talked to Kevin about already. So if that ever came, to be, I, you know, I, <laughs> I think that would be a good role for Kevin to fit, especially it would sort of in a way without saying too much. I'm going to be a little tight lipped at this point. You too, Kevin. But it would kind of be a way of you revisiting a previous role in a way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? I'm a little crazy. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So, I guess uh, my next uh, question would be: Is there anybody that you uh, are liking right now, director-wise, of their style and everything? Is there anybody that you're like, "Wow, that's that's pretty cool"? Or you, you, you... Well, my my wow days were, you know, growing up with John Carpenter and Michael Mann, and of course Tim Burton. You know, the three of them, those three guys. You know, Carpenter. I think Carpenter probably the most. 
because, uh, you know, uh, I think for his movies, Elvis was the first one of his I saw because that was a TV movie. And, you know, Halloween, you know, that really, uh, that kind of really stuck with me through the years. That scared the hell out of me when I was like <laughs> years old and saw it. You know, um, Escape from New York was, was cool at the time. I think it's very dated now. Um, the Thing, The Thing is classic. That's an yes. awesome movie. You know, favorite horror movie. Oh, it's, it's an awesome. And, you know, it's so funny. Like, that's one of those movies where it's just, when you watch it, you just get the chills with it. And not just because it's all in the, in you know, Antarctica and all, but the, the, the whole sense of dread in that movie of not knowing who's who and, you know, who could be what and are these guys even these guys in the end? <laughs> You know that it. I don't know that movie really kind of get like Halloween. You know that one. That, that one as well. And I love Christine. You know, I remember when Christine came out in December of '83. I really wanted to see it, but I was only 11, and it was an R-rated movie. So you know, you you, <laughs> you couldn't. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Christine's another good one. That's uh, a good good one. It's a great. Well, one. He's, John Carpenter said he wants to direct a one of my favorite video games called uh, Dead Space. Yes, he did. I would love for that yeah. to come true. That would be cool. He would crush it. He would. He would. And it's kind of like the thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Even is. though Rotten Tomatoes said he was dead. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did you see that? <laughs> Someone messed up. He's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Still> alive. <laughs> but Michael Mann as well. You know, like I'm Yeah, Michael Thief. Mann's good too. Remember Thief with James Caan? Mm-hmm. That movie, I'll, I'll tell you, I love that movie. I absolutely love that movie. That and Heat. Those two, the, the two and with the music and everything. And that's another thing with my stuff. Like I, it's always very music oriented. Like I'm always, I'm always thinking ahead for the music cues and things. Like and I that. like that. I like that too in my movies. It's important. I mean, if you if you don't have the right score, your movie's pretty much done. You know, it's, yeah. it's not going to really work. You know, and you know, I'm moving forward on you know with Lycan, which is still in post production. I mean, these things take. You know, the, the, when you're on a micro budget, like we were for like Canyon, I mean, you have to work when you can and when everybody else can and on it. It really does suck because it, you can't get it done as quick as you would like to. And then, you know, it's the question of quality, you know, if you really want that quality. So it takes time. And that's why, like, as we're moving through it, we're getting very close to the next work print, which is work print number two, you know. Um, it's not there yet. It's very close, but not quite yet. And then I think at that point, there's still going to be a little bit more work. You know, everybody keeps, you know, everybody asks me, they're like, you know, what, you know, it's going to be shorter. It's going to be longer. And I'm just like, well, I don't really know because, you know, the first work print is just under 91 minutes. Currently where we're at with this one, it's under 90 minutes, not much so far, but we still have like some things to do. So it could be, I mean, you know, my theory is one of them is probably going to be short, and then this way I can really scrutinize it better and figure out how it works better. You know, does it work better faster or does it work better for the suspense and make it more drawn out? You know, and that's, that's also important. You know, when you're dealing with this kind of, this kind of stuff, you know, I really think there has to be a really good element of suspense. And I designed like Kane to have that, you know, I'm not really a huge fan of werewolf movies. There's a, Probably on one hand, maybe I could count three that I really enjoyed that really I think were good. Um, 
Uh, so that was another driving force. I, it was never my intention to do a werewolf picture. That had that had actually come from uh, Jim Demuse, which the picture is going to be dedicated to him when it's when it's done. It was the last time that he and I had actually started to discuss story ideas and things. And he was the one that suggested werewolf. You know, do your own thing with it. Don't be bound by the rules. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I hear those those fans, the the werewolf fans, they kind of they're they're very picky. <laughs> like there's yeah. uh, someone else I talked to. Um, actually, she was uh, she's part of the I guess Todd Sheets group, you know, and um, she's always helping him on his films. And they made a, a Bone Hill Road, and they said the main complaint they got was, "Where's the werewolf's tail? Where's the tail? Where's the tail?" <laughs> like she's like, "Our werewolves don't have tails," <laughs> but she said they're very like. Those werewolf people, they're pretty picky about their werewolves. But well, I, think, I think another thing is, too, are you doing four-legged or are we doing the uh, wolfman type thing? Yeah. That's another thing. I think, you know, if me personally, I'm a classic guy, so you're, I'm not, you know, it was one of the things with like, and, you know, I was talking to some special effects people and it was very obvious they were hooked on an American werewolf in London. And mm. uh, that wasn't where I was going. I mean, I, I think there's, there's a way you could do that. And I think there's certain movies. I don't think like Kane would work for that. I don't think in the story that I designed, it would work at all. Um, if we went that route, obviously our werewolf or werewolves or bipeds, they are two legged animals. You know, I think if they're coming from human form, I don't really think it should be a whole, I mean, this is me. I speak for me. I can't speak for the rest of the world. I like my werewolf movies the most when you have that human element in there to them. Oh right? Yeah. I think that that makes it scarier for me. I think when we drop these guys to four legs, I kind of feel they get lost. That's me. I can only speak for me. I don't say I agree with that with their their beliefs. If they like them with tails or four legs or two heads or you know whatever they like, you know. But um, you, you know, know think, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I was saying, you know, speaking of werewolf movies, I think one of the most underrated ones has got to be Bad Moon. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. werewolf in that. I mean, that was that was uh, I, I that scared the crap out of me when I was younger. <laughs> when I first saw that movie, I was like, what the hell? I mean, just how they made him look. Uh, the, were the werewolf looked cool, but I think some of the writing on that was really shocking. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I was interested I in the story. That. I was interested in the werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's people talking. Let me know when the wolf starts killing people. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, and everybody goes werewolf, uh, American werewolf in London. I'm a I'm a howling guy. I like them. Yes. I'm a howling guy, man. Yes, same here. So yeah. you're right. Yeah. Again, a, a New Jersey director, Joe Dante. Yeah. Go ahead, Kevin. What were you saying? No, did you, uh, did you see uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow yet? They, no. They took a pretty interesting twist on uh, the werewolf lore. What's it the called? werewolf, uh, the werewolf story. Wolf, uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow. Hmm. It's got like a, it's got a little bit of like a goofiness to it. like it's not not in a bad way. Like there's a little bit of humor to it, but in like a serious tone. It's pretty neat what they did actually. And did this just come out, or has it been out? It's been out. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh shit! I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay, it's 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 worth the watch. Okay, I'll definitely check that out. There's, I, I'm telling you, I, there's just there's just so much out there that I I tried I try to watch it all I can, 
and I, I'm glad I do these shows because you know the guest on here. There was another um, episode I did with someone, and he named a movie. Have you ever seen this? I said no, and it was kind of like a psychological kind of uh, film, and I I enjoyed it. So I, I love hearing about films. I you know I'm I love finding out about movies. I probably never would have thought to look for that one, <laughs> but I, I try to catch up with what I can. I think the newest horror film that I've saw other than Halloween uh, kill or ends. Uh, I always get those mixed up. They're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I get them mixed up, but um, that movie barbarian that, that was something I wasn't expecting. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was different. You, know, you saw that yeah. one. Um, I don't know, Scott, do you know what we're talking about? <laughs> I know the movie. I haven't seen it yet. But. Um, yeah, that one, it, it'll, it comes out of nowhere, man. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it, it, what was in my head was not what I watched. <laughs> like I was thinking they, they were, they find this ice block and a Viking is in there. And he just like, kills people <laughs> or something. That, that is, this is not that movie. So <laughs> yeah. And they definitely go for a, the gross out of horror in that one. Oh, big time. Yeah, yeah. That, that was, yeah. So if anybody's listening to this or even uh, Scott, that's something to kind of check out. I think it has an interesting uh, story. I, I kind of liked it. It, it, it wasn't, yeah. it's not the, the best thing ever, but I'll tell you what, it surprised the fuck out of me. And I did enjoy the actors in it. I mean, uh, oh, I always get one of the scars guards, the one that Phil played Bill. I always yeah. I always say the wrong name, but uh, he's <laughs> in it, and of course I think he does a great job. You know, whatever he he's in, but yeah, he's in it. That surprised me that he was in that. It really Justin did. Justin Long surprised me being in it, but oh, then again, Long, yeah. <laughs> between this and Tusk, I'm starting to wonder about his psyche. In real life. <laughs> <laughs> I I heard the other day they're thinking about doing a Tusk two, and I'm like, why? Why would you do a part two to that? It, it just leave it like it was. <laughs> He's all <laughs> fucked up. Does he escape from the zoo, or I don't know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't get it, but <laughs> but There's the uh, New Year's Eve wallers that was uh, going viral. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's so weird. All all these. Uh, all of those films. I mean, I, I kind of like those types of films, but then sometimes they go a little bit too much, you know, um, I, it keeps getting brought up. I think we brought it up on a, another show. It was the human centipede. I mean, that, that was, that was weird when it came out, but interesting. And then they just went too far, far with it. I never saw the sequels. I saw the first one. No, you, you, you're fine. <laughs> just, you've seen one, you've seen them all. It, it, it they just, uh, you know, Tom, Tom six, you know, I, I, I think he has like an idea of what he wants and, and he thinks different. And that's why I like the human simpy. I'm like this, this is a sick motherfucker. You know, like, <laughs> I guess I am too. Cause I wanted to see it, but you know, he has an idea, but the, the other two movies, it, it was like, he was trying to outdo himself. You know, okay, I'm gonna outdo myself with part two, and part two was all in black and white, and it was weird. And then part three, it was just over the freaking top. And I, I didn't even finish part three. I was like, I'm not even watching this. This is too much. Like, I'm not even gonna, <laughs> you know, 
this guy's a warden of a prison. He wants all the prisoners attached like that. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. So, and not many movies do that to me where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like I'm done. Yeah. I tap out of this. So congrats like, on that. Everybody, everybody was saying Terrifier 2 was so bad. They were fainting and throwing up in the theater. I went and saw, I was like, it's not that bad. I thought the first one did a lot worse things. You know, they, yeah. I And they're smart. They're smart. They did that. Great movie. They they did the advertising they did for The Exorcist. Yeah, that they copied that and it worked. Yes, it worked. And absolutely, I saw the first Terrifier and I was like, okay, this is a pretty cool indie type film. And then I, I heard Part Two was coming out. I'm like, hey, awesome, you know. And whenever I start hearing those, I'm like, okay, so either they didn't see the first one because you can't really you can't. You can't really go and say that people are going to pass out when we have the human centipede that exists and people have seen it <laughs> and South Park made fun of it. Okay. So you get, how much more shocking can you get, especially with all the videos on the internet, um, you know, uh, the beheading stuff. And I've known all these people have seen that shit. Really? A, a movie's going to make people pass out um, unless yeah. someone put their grandmother to it. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Passion of the Christ was a lot more brutal than Terrifier 2, and old ladies went and saw that, you know, when that came out. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that's how that that's just a, how I was thinking. I'm like, uh, I don't know. The, the, you've got a lot of competition, but you know what? It worked for him and good for him. I mean, his his film became viral and every popular podcast was talking about it and good for you know david howard thornton good for him he's you know an indie actor and now he's probably going to be casting a lot more you know uh i guess popular stuff so i don't i don't know maybe it's good for everybody all around i mean that's congrats to them but yeah that's the marketing they did i i was like oh that's that's echoing the exorcist right there well that actor was just uh in the mean one he plays the, the evil grinch in that yeah, he does. <laughs> which, which, which I, I mean, I, I, I didn't hear any good things about that one. <laughs> I, no. like, I, I did not hear good things about that one. <laughs> I don't know with the Christmas horror movies. I know we just went through those holidays, and there's just, uh, I don't know. You, you had, you had um, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, don't overlook Black Christmas, the original. Oh no, no, uh, Black. Oh, no. Uh, the uh, the reason I bring up uh, and I, I like Black Christmas more than I do Silent Night, Denley Night. But the reason I'm bringing it up that is because the protesters on that movie sold that movie without everybody like holding up signs, little kids, we love Santa and all this stuff. I don't think that movie would have been as big as it is. No, it's nice. It would have been a flash in the fire pan. You know, it, it wouldn't even been that. I don't think. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because you know, a couple of years before that came out, very few people remembered it came and went qu uh, fast. Was uh, Christmas Evil? You know, Christmas Evil is that right there. Go ahead. Yes, that 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 right there is more disturbing than. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's Silent Night, Deadly Night. Absolutely. Yeah, well, it's a, a psychotic man. You know, he just, like, lost his shit. <laughs> he just, yeah. I mean, that, that that can happen more than Silent Night, Deadly Night, where a drunken Santa goes and kills his family and everything. But 
a guy that's stuck in his apartment and he's obsessed with Christmas. I mean, that shit can happen. That's what that's what makes that movie, I think, the best out of all of those. Oh, yeah. Black Christmas is, is its own. And I hate that they try to do it. What? Three remakes? Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And they didn't go? <laughs> so yeah, They were terrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I, I just wish people stop touching shit, man. <laughs> just leave it alone. Leave it like it was. <laughs> they, I mean, Bob Clark and the gang did it to perfection in 1974. So, I mean, yeah. there's, no, there's no point in trying to outdo it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. You know? And there's there's just too much of that they're trying to do. Like they're like, oh, this is going to be remade, and I'm like, why? <laughs> like the the first one had a uh, something special about it, and that's why it was a hit then, and it's still talked about now is because it was done right, and it was it was a great story. And you know, screw all the other stuff. You know, maybe there's some things that are like, I wish I could have done this better or this. I mean, think about it. If they went back instead of restoring Star Wars and just shot, you know, the ones that that were in the seventies, you know, and redid them with new actors, I mean, how much of an uproar would there be? <laughs> like, people would be oh, all yeah. pissed off. Like, what are you doing? It's just you just can't touch that, man. Especially the only trilogy at this point that uh, both people, uh, both groups of people, have no issue with the prequel lovers and the uh, sequel lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I, I don't know. I, I I remember when they when they had the Phantom Menace coming out. I think I was, oh man, I think it was a freshman in high school when that was being advertised all over the place. And of course, everybody's losing their mind. And after that, it just went from there. And now Disney owns it, and we get TV shows, and <laughs> they're just one after the other. But they have the money, so why yeah, not? Exactly. Right? More merchandise to sell. It's what they look at. They, they don't even look at the story. And that's what that's what I kind of was going with with the uh, like the big studios and stuff is they just want to sell merchandise and not even worry yeah. about the stories that they're telling. That's what really bugs me, especially about especially Disney in particular, what they're doing with a lot of IPs. Yes, just sad. It is because that 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 started off as something neat and it had a good story behind it now they're just pumping everything out and yeah it sells toys and all that stuff but you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good content like in some of the comic book stuff there's a lot of good content and a lot of good stories in there and they're they're just not touching it they're just going with the a different they're going a different way with it yeah instead of kind of go ahead no no good no instead you know the superheroes they are they are human you know not all of them are aliens so they 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 need to factor that in i don't know I, that's just my opinion on those well my final tap out will be if they uh mess up uh deadpool yeah <laughs> <laughs> now talk that that was that was awesome when they got to make that movie and it was just a short film that ryan reynolds they just did a short clip and they were like no we're doing this movie now and now look at it, you know, part two. And now part three is coming out. They so, denied him at first. He He's the one that leaked the uh, the test footage. Well, yeah. He's the one that leaked it. It's <laughs> never been confirmed nor denied, but I'm pretty sure it's him. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh <clears throat> With every with everything that's being said about all these movies and everything, I mean, is there any other 
is there any other interest you got scott and, and kevin is there like do y'all play any instruments or do any music stuff or years ago i played the saxophone did that for several dang years. <laughs> 28 29 30 years ago yeah you know um yeah i mean right now it's uh you know just a matter of um you know trying to get like can you know ready for release and into distribution and hopefully uh get the black tent going shortly and then after that i mean who knows i mean there's there's other scripts that i have or you know whatever happens at that point who knows yeah, I would love to. I mean, it would be great to do the feature version of Lost in the Night. I mean, that's. I think you know, if I could have, I mean, if it would go the right way, and I'd have my choice, I probably would go that route before I would. Um, you know, I would move on to something else that I was doing. But uh, I do. Uh, you know, I told you I do have that little comedy that can go at any point, and I was. Um, I've been in talks, which I think the deal's pretty much made to do a documentary about the former castle Dracula that was in Wildwood. All right. That's been something I've been, I keep getting asked about, especially in the last couple of months and the people that were involved with the castle. That was, uh, Aaron, you wouldn't know that. So this is more of a local thing. It was a haunted attraction. Kevin knows all about it. And it was built and it opened in 1977. They had a mechanical Dracula that would slide out, you know, and do like a, Oh, Lugosi, you know, that come to my castle. You know, <laughs> you know, the arm would go up and his neck would move back and forth. And, you know, he was like scared to piss out of me as a kid. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know if it was an actor or it was real or what when you're five years old. You know, you're like, oh. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. The year I finally and, went on it, uh, it was my first time. It burnt down that, uh, that winter. Well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> But they had a, the the upstairs was a walkthrough with actors to chase you around and scare you, and underneath it was a boat ride. There was a dungeon, and you'd get on these boats, and they had these grim reapers on the back, and you'd go through. And at one point, the grim reapers, their eyes would light up with red. So when you you'd go through, you'd have those creepy eyes like behind you. Oh man! I mean, this is Castle Dracula here. You know, this is what Kevin and I were fearing. You know, back in our childhood, and here. <laughs> mechanical dracula there's a picture of him right there um and he was very animated and they they told me that at one point he came out on his track and he went right off the balcony and into the dungeon water and <laughs> after that he never really worked right after that. He would out and, you know, instead of the arms going up he would just glitch you know and <laughs> there's holy water in there yeah. <laughs> Dracula's having seizures. They said they just have to push him out, you know, if they want. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I, we didn't have anything like that. Um, where I grew up, they had the uh, the uh, Brinkley Mansion, and uh, if you don't know the story about it, it's a uh, doctor, Doctor Brinkley. He he came up with a method for uh, back in the day, back in those days. Uh, he thought that if you get uh, goat testicles implanted in a man that was impotent, that would help him out and that would work. And so he was 
he had his own, and you know, he had his mansion and he practiced out of his mansion and there's a lot of different interesting stories, but yeah, it was a, it's a weird story, but yeah, that's where, that's the only thing we really had. And of course, everybody's like, it's haunted and all this stuff. And then of course around here we have, uh, Yorktown is about, uh, I want to say it's a little, little, little over an hour from me, but it used to be a sanitarium and ghost hunters go there all the time and my wife still wants to go so i don't know <laughs> i'm not staying overnight in the motherfucker but <laughs> i'll go take a look at it you know but yeah those are that's the only thing that i have is you know we didn't have an attraction but we had some history behind this giant mansion and it's actually i i i kind of looked into it and it's an interesting story and he was a he was a brilliant doctor, but he, he had this method. And of course they laughed at him, you know, they're like, Oh, this, this dude's off his, you know, rocker and stuff. And he's like, I'll show them. <laughs> so he, <laughs> and it's like, I'll operate out of my, uh, giant mansion here. <laughs> if you ever have a chance, I'll have to send you the, the name of him. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting story. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised no one ever did a movie about him. Cause he even ran for office. Um, he did all sorts of shit, man. This guy was just all over the place. Oh wow! So, yeah, he was he was the Donald Trump of but no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was that nervous Donald Trump, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Being a friend that sold uh, goat testicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, nah, he. It, it's an interesting story. Oh man. So you did, you mentioned, of course, down here, we have the, the Chupacabra. So uh, the Jersey devil story, the only thing I know about the Jersey devil, and I, I never really looked into that, that story, but, um, there was a movie uh, I watched a long time ago, the last broadcast and it came out Yes. Yes. Around didn't that come around the time the the Blair Witch was kind of popular and they uh, I think it was a little before like a, year a little before yeah. so but anyway I watched that so the Jersey of course like I said down here Chupacabra sucks goats blood and all that stuff and ruins livestock doesn't attack humans but what about the Jersey Devil it, enlighten me because I don't really know too much Mother about Lee's thirteenth child. <laughs> 13 children and you know she said if i'm going to have another one let it be a devil and supposedly when he was born it was a supposedly it was a he uh he began to be cursed and take on various forms and tail and they kept it in the basement and he got out and you know livestock and you know there's been there's we actually had done some uh, very extensive research on it um Oh, geez, got to be at least a whole a decade or more now. And in fact, we put together a timeline um, of phenomenal sightings. You know, uh, we have that in there, you know, through the years. So, I mean, you know, whether or not, you know, it, it was real and just based on myth, I mean, who's to say, but uh, it, it makes for a, a great horror movie, you know, it really makes for a great horror movie. And I remember as a kid, I think I may have been in like uh, third or fourth grade, I was reading uh well, one of my relatives that showed me in Atlantic City Press, and they said, you love the Jersey Devil, where they're going to be making a movie, and they held up the paper, and it was going to be 20th Century Fox, and it never happened. They had prepared a screenplay, and they came to Smithville, and they were looking at locations and all, and then it just died, you know, whether someone pulled the plug or 
they had, it was too much money or whatever the deal was. They didn't like the script afterwards. We'll never know. You know, we don't know who wrote it or who was supposed to direct it. So without that information, one can only imagine what the script could have been. Yeah. So that was something that was always in my head. And I've seen, there was a few through the years, last broadcast. Well, my, my story started before that. Obviously, my story's got nothing to do with that picture. And I've seen, I've seen a few of them, but I've never just, I've just never really felt they've done a great one. I know that um, yeah. the last time I was interviewed, yeah, I think you saw it uh, with uh, Anthony and uh, his wife, Mandy. She mentioned something about, she had seen a movie, I guess she liked it or whatever, and I couldn't think of it. And then when I looked at it, I looked at it and I started to watch it and I was like, oh, yeah, I remembered it. I didn't, I couldn't get into it. It was one of those. It's like, again, it's, I don't know. I, I guess I just, I, I have an idea. I have a vision for it and I've got a script, a completed script. We did a short movie, which is a, uh, a very small variation of what I'm planning to do. Um, it's not going to cost millions of dollars, you know. Um, I would say, uh, my thought would be to make that with people like Kevin, you know, and, um, you know, with Jeff Sharkey and the actors that I work with. And I think we could make the picture, you know, relatively, you know, ultra low budget, not micro, you know, yeah. ultra low budget. And uh, we could have a, a really good movie. Uh, it's a lot of suspense in the movie. I probably won't. I don't think any much any German expressionism would work. Um, I keep looking at it and keep trying to think about maybe what I could do here and there. But I think I think the best thing to do to keep it realistic is to keep it natural, no fairy tale. I, I have an idea for maybe one little part, like a flashback. We could do something, but uh, the script's long. You know, it's probably close to I think it's about 111 pages. Which the way I direct, it's going to be. You know, if I if I'm doing this script without any changes, it's probably going to be a little over two hours. Um, you know, Black Tent, that's another one. I mean, my current draft of that just is, I mean, it just spills into 118 pages and I've done a polish one. I think, I think I'm going to tighten her up just a little bit, not much, you know, but we're still going to end up at like 117 pages. And I'm, I, I, you know, they keep asking me like, what do you see for your cut of the picture? And I I have to be honest, I, I, it's probably going to be about 140 minutes. I, I don't really see it being... Much less. It's going to be kind of like around the time of, you know, Terrifier 2. That's like, I think, 139 or 38 minutes. It's going, yeah. very, it's going to be very close to that. We have a lot of story to tell. There's a lot going on. Ladies and gentlemen, humans of all ages, come now and see the spectacle of your lives. The one, the only... What's worldly? But it's very complex. There's a lot of dialogue. That I like. I like. Conver- I like my movies have conversation. You know, if you look at Heat and you know Thief, those Michael Mann movies. If you're not paying attention to some of the heavy dialogue, you're not going to understand certain things that are happening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think it's very important to have that to push the story along. 
So the black tent definitely has that in spades. So you're really going to have to, you're really going to have to listen carefully. And I mean, I'm definitely, it's something to talk to the composer about when the time comes to really have the music emphasized it, let people know, okay, you know, pay attention, you know, you know, let's not drift away here. This is important, you know? Um, and it's going to, it's, it's very much like a puzzle, you know, it's very much like a puzzle. Like you're going to see like, the way I have it envisioned, there's going to be different colors and differences. Like, remember in heat, like, uh, there's a lot of blues, like they're, they're saturated. Yes. At one point, you know what I mean? Uh, we're going to have that. We have a little bit of that with Light Canyon as well, like the moonlight scenes and things like that. Some of the murders, you know, I thought that was a way to give it a very hypnotic look, you know, um, with fog, you know. Um, and I think with Black Tent, you know, somebody asked me, um, one of the producers that said that, you know, how much fog, you know, it's going to be in the movie. So we mean, how much fog they said, you know, is it everyday shoot or I said, no, 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 no. It's only going to be in various spots. You know, it's only, you know, going to be there to kind of emphasize in certain areas, like the mysticism, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, yeah. Kevin as a magician, you know, and then, you know, things make turns and twists and all, and, you know, illusions turn into magic and magic turns into sorcery and sorcery turns into monsters and monsters turn into murder and zombie people <laughs> and guts and gore and blood and man that sounds like it's gonna have everything <laughs> well as it stands right now yeah it's got a little bit of everything it's very different you know it's definitely it's it's different for me it's uh different material you know i really think so it's a real departure um you know, I think it's very different. I mean, I, I was talking to Leslie Sawyer about it a few times because she's got a very uh, crucial role in it, you know, as Magnet. She's got, she's going to have a lot of scenes with Kevin. You know, they have a lot of, you know, it's going to be, you know, definitely creating a chemistry with the two of them, like a mother-like kind of figure to him and kind of like, a, you know, shepherding him. And, you know, there's another part in there which, you know, I, I, may, I may play. You know, I may act in the picture. I might. I'm not sure yet. It depends on how everything turns out. Um, would be like a fatherly kind of, you know, figure to this carnival because it's a carnival kind of movie. You know, um, and uh, you know, I have another part in there that I wrote for a very good friend of mine who's a uh, wonderful actor, uh, very comedic. You know, very humor. You know, a lot of humor. You know, kind of lighten up the moment. You know, it's one of the things I always try to inject in my movies. I try to have some humor. I kind of like it. You know, when you have that tenseness and then you get the laugh. Like you know, you get that. Like you know, you know, you get a nice, but you know, hearty laugh. You know, I think we have that with Lycan, and, and we definitely had uh, one of those moments in Lost in the Night. And, um, uh, you know, we're going to have a few of those in the black tent, you know, right now it's just a fingers crossed situation, you know, hoping that, you know, the belief is there and, you know, the money people, you know, continue to believe in us and you know, we can make this happen. You know, that always becomes a problem and we're not looking for millions of dollars or even a million dollars for that. You know, we're well under that. Well under that, we're well under half a million dollars for this picture. But again, it's it's you know you want the quality or you don't want the quality. You know. So. Yeah. So I guess uh, was part of the influence to make this the 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 black tent movie. I guess from like the the old time, you know, the carnival traveling carnival show. 
you know, like the freak shows and all in the circuses and stuff. And, 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 you know, like if you watch, what is it? It's Son of Frankenstein or, you know, what House of Frankenstein. One of the, there, there's one of those where the whole thing is about like there's a traveling carnival and the guy kills the owner, Boris Karloff, no less. And he takes it over and turns it into mayhem, you know, and things like that. And, you know, that was an influence with this. You know, it's definitely playing a part. You know, I have an idea. Uh, John, I think it was John Henderson. Somebody said something to me about, did you consider black and white? Not for the black tent. Do I have ideas that I could do something in black and white? Different movie? Of course. Not the black tent. This would be, you know, <laughs> this one here, I've got, I, I really see colors, like uh, hues of uh, purple. We're going to be seeing a lot of purple in this and even like some CGI, you know, things like that. Um you know, we were uh, working on a painting for that, you know, with the production designer. And uh, we got one that he, I got, hopefully he's polishing it up now, you know. And uh, I think it really like to show people. It's like when you look at it, you're like, oh, you know, you really, really, I think you're really going to want to see that that actually happen. You know, I don't think the painting is going to be enough. Yeah, I hope it's not. <laughs> well, I know those, just the different stories that I've kind of heard from those traveling, you know, uh, carnivals and, circuses and stuff there's a lot of messed up stuff that happened back in the day with all that oh i, I i'm telling that in believe me I'm oh you are good because <laughs> I, I mean it's it's interesting how it I, I was talking about uh this the other day with a co-worker i'm like you know you don't really see that anymore you know you don't see any traveling carnival i mean we see carnivals but it's the regular rides and everything but like the uh, the theatrics of it, you know, like the big tent and all that stuff. So I, I think it's neat that you you decided to do something like that because not many people have. I mean, yeah, you have the older films, you know, back in the 50s. I had a lot of those films that they did. Um, I'm trying to think of another one. I, I'm, I can't think of it right now. Um, but then also... Yeah, well, freaks. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah. That's that's the that's a classic right there. I mean that. Todd Brown. That's a freaky ass movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, another influence, and that's another influence. You know, Todd Browning. You know, Mark of the Vampire, Freaks, Dracula. You know, going way back there, but yeah, definitely him for me. And that's that's another thing with those those older films. You know, I just started. I want to say about five years ago, started watching that stuff, you know, going back and watching all those, those films. And I thought, man, I, I wish I had watched them sooner, but I guess as you get older, you start appreciating things and you start going backwards and, and kind of watching things. And, you know, uh, it, it's just, it amazes me how much they did with so little, you know? And, and I, I think that's, that's the cool part. You know, even the miniatures and some of the older films and stuff like, wow, that a guy spent, you know, a month building this thing and look at it now, you know, it's in this film and it makes it more, look more realistic, realistic than, you know, anything a computer could do. Well, that's our, that's my plan miniatures as well. Oh yeah. That, that, see, and that's, that's just a lost art, man. That, and the, yeah. you know, puppetry and all that stuff. I mean, I, 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 I like that you're going with that because I think that's gonna that's gonna add an element to it. I think not a lot of people get to see anymore. How about Matt? You know? Remember Matt paintings? That's another one. Yeah. You know how many times did you watch a movie? There's a Matt painting and you don't realize it. I mean, <laughs> the early James Bond movies with Sean Connery and all were very known for that. 
you know they had a lot of that they had wonderful artists that would be able to make these things look very three-dimensional and you figure you're only looking at it for a few seconds but you're cutting the action and it's just sort of like you don't know you know you know and i i just recently went back and started watching james bond from the first one you know the movies from the first till and roger moore is the one that you know growing up that's what the parents had on vhs you know so that's what that was the james bond i was introduced to first off. and you're right i mean just those older you know it, it just it's really cool how they did all that i really and roger moore is the james bond that i grew up with and i i like his james bond more than anybody else's really <laughs> I'm, I'm in the same club as you aaron i, I mean it, well the characters too you know, jaws and odd jaw and all those i mean they didn't really have anything like that after that, did they? I mean, it was always, you know, I mean, Sean Bean was in GoldenEye, and he was just a, you know, terrorist. <laughs> it's well, like we knew he was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dies in everything. I know. <laughs> I, I really mean, with, didn't think he was going to die in Game of Thrones, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, go I mean, ahead. Yeah. And Daniel Craig, I mean, you know, James Bond, I didn't see the last one, but I heard they blow him up and everything else. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The Daniel Craig ones, uh, Casino Royale was good. And yes. you, you kind of yeah. had that element from the Roger Moore film where the yeah. uh, Mads uh, Milkus hit yes. his site. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. And then after that, it was just, they didn't have that. It would I'll be honest. I tried to watch the other two, like Skyfall. I tried watching. I'm like, oh shit, James Bond got shot off a train. After that, it was lights out for Aaron because I didn't know the rest. Of <laughs> I woke up. At the yeah. I was like, oh, credits are rolling. God damn! I guess I was bored. <laughs> it didn't yeah, keep. He's not even playing James Bond. He's just playing a generic spy movie. You know. Yeah, that's well, the last one. Looked like he wasn't even like he was tapped out of playing it all together. He just looked <laughs> like he had no interest. That? The one they blow him up in. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I didn't say it. I never saw it. I just like, all right. Spectre, I was falling asleep on that. It was born. Bond, James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How they can oh do it. God, I'm supposed <laughs> to be James Bond. You know? He's like, uh, I cast a check already. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, That's just why I drank Heineken's now, not yeah. martinis. <laughs> uh, you know, instead of concentrating, like, who would make the awesome new James Bond? It's like, no, we want the cool villains. We want the cool villains. Like, bring back the fucking outrageous cool villains. What is wrong with y'all? That's what made James Bond. It was, yeah, he was a ladies' man and everything. That was cool. But the villains made it cool. Like, you know, Jaws and everybody. It's like, where where are the crazy characters that he had to fight? Yeah. yeah. You know? And, <laughs> and even What's, the if you listen, Martin, Go ahead. No, I was just saying, that's why if you listen to like, some of the actors, uh, was it Ben Kingsley said it? Like, he loves playing the villain. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're just a much more in, much more interest, interesting character to play than just like you know the regular good guy or yeah I agree you. I mean it, it'd be fun to be a bad guy in a movie you know that's that, yeah. that's who the cool ones are you know everybody ran out and bought a Darth Vader figure before they bought Luke Skywalker <laughs> you know yeah. I mean that's just how it was um, no but even you know, even in the Roger Moore films, there's even a comedy element to it, like where it was kind of silly. Uh, which one was that? I think it was Octopussy with the plane, the plane scene at the airport when he knocks the wings off the plane. I mean, it, it seemed like 
slapstick funny, but it was him trying to leave this airport and he was in this plane. Oh, a live and let die you're live talking about. Is that is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, giving Mrs. Bell the lesson. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it was funny. There was that oh, yeah, there was an element crazy. of comedy in it. Oh. And the newer James Bond didn't really have that. You know, they're just, just all serious and boring. I don't boring. Yes, boring. Exactly. No <laughs> Dark Knight trilogy of uh James Bond. Yeah, exactly. You're right. And and what worked for the Dark Knight doesn't necessarily no. work for everything else. And I like Christopher Nolan's movies, but that was his I, I mean the Dark Knight trilogy was probably his masterpiece right there. Cause I mean, I yeah, like all those films and it, it was, it, some of the dialogue in it. I don't think a lot of people really caught on to what they were saying in it. And it kind of, it's, it's very interesting, especially when he talks about if you, you know, you live your live long enough to see yourself become the villain or you die a hero that. Okay, fine. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Look, I, I, that res I was like, holy shit, that is the badass line right there. That is a fucking <laughs> great line, you know? And uh, I don't think a lot of people caught on to that. They were more hung up on how come Bane's not like in the comic book. I'm like, no, you, you or, or how come Joker's crazier than he usually is? And it's like, no, you got to pay attention to the dialogue because it's just so great. It's a great story. And Christian Nolan films are all over the place. <laughs> his other ones. So, I mean, and I'm a fan of his, but I mean, the, that right there, I think is, is yeah, it's a superhero movie, kind of superhero movie, but it was more realistic than any of the other ones. I think. Yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, you want Kevin to talk about his character from White Kane a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. Let's hear it. Talk a little bit about Tony, Kevin. Tell them what to expect. One thing I love about Tony is the first time I get to go off the rails a little bit. I'll say, <laughs> just a little. He's a, just a little bit. He's not. He's not really all with it uh, in terms of uh, sanity, but uh, it was a fun character to play. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, I don't know how much I can say without giving too much away, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it's definitely a role I got to have a little bit more fun with than what I'm used to. Um, I don't know. I don't want to give away. I'm afraid to say too much. Yeah. Oh, you guys, all right? Definitely needs anger management. <laughs> Would you say, am I right? Does he need anger management or not? I need to be locked up in a ward. Yeah. <laughs> Did, did you take from any other like did anything influence you to to do the acting the way you did for this character like did you like i want to do that with this character seeing that or are you just like something in your life probably influenced you someone that you're close to or something i mean did what helped you get there i honestly couldn't say anything in particular um i would definitely say there's hints of jack nicholson Oh, okay. And the way I kind of thought about it, I wanted to think about how I would play a crazy person uh, for the first time. I was trying to think about like mannerisms and how I react. Um, but mostly, I, I don't want to take anybody else's style. Like, yeah, there's like influences, like I said, Jack Nicholson, like obviously yeah. Shining, One Flew Over the Cuckoo, Cuckoo's Nest, uh, things like that. But 
there's another element where I want to put myself in those shoes and think how maybe I would react and how would I be if I were this person myself? Um, cause I, I mean, if being in dinner 30, you, you, you kind of take a lot of styles from people cause it, you know, it works cause you're just trying to get the cheap laughs in them, which love doing dinner through cause it's, it's a lot of fun, but at least with film, like you, you can definitely try to make something your own a little bit more um, and try to maybe create a, a style that maybe somebody else can get inspired by or, you know, yeah, that worked. I'm going to use that next time. Like, I'm, or vice versa, it didn't work there. What do I need to do to improve it and try to make it my own and be even better a crazy person next time I get to play, play one? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll say this. There's, in regards to Kevin's part, uh, casting, you know, the role of, of Tony. I, um, I, again, I had really written in the beginning, the part for this uh, other friend of mine that I'm talking about. And he couldn't do it. Um, you know, at the time and he was, uh, they were having another child and, uh, he had two children already and it, it, the schedule wasn't going to work out, you know? So I had to go into casting and it was, I saw him one way, like I saw him more like, uh, you know, more comedic, more, you know, like one way. And so uh, once, you know, he wasn't going to do the picture, went into casting and Kevin came in to, you know, come and read for it. And uh, we went over it. We discussed it together and all. And uh, I really had a good feeling. I was like, you know what? It's going to be a little different than I thought. You know, it's going it's gonna, to it's gonna be different. But I, I was really getting probably, you know, a, a little excited because it was like I saw it differently than how it was going to turn out. Because Kevin is, you know, physically different than, you know, his name's Armando, to- totally different. And so I figured, well, yeah, it's going to be interesting. So when we went there to the first shots and all that, it was just, it really turned out like really good. And I was really, uh, I was very pleased with like Kay and with my actors. I really was on this one uh, for a micro budget to be able to get actors like Kevin and Jeff Sharkey. And I mean, so, I mean, Stephanie Coffey was, I mean, I, she was like a, a last minute thought to put them in. I, I really didn't have any clue what I was going to get at all with her. And uh, she came in and it was, it was really funny because she, she had all these questions and I was really shocked. And I thought, well, have you done acting before? And she said, no, no, no. So I'm thinking, wow, she got a lot of questions, but they're good questions. I mean, these aren't bad questions, you know, I mean, you can ask dumb questions, you know what I'm saying? But they were all good ones and pertain to her character. Like she was trying to get a background going. And uh, when we went to shoot with her, it was really like shocking. You know, I remember we were uh, Andrew, my cinematographer, uh, who's also the editor. We were really surprised. It was like uh, one time we I think it was toward the end when we were shooting with her. Uh, there's a, a, a bedroom scene where her character wakes up and she's all disoriented. And uh, I went through it. I rehearsed with her. And I'm thinking, all right, I said, don't worry, we're going to do takes. And all that. She goes down, we get everything ready. Um, you know, I called action. She did this scene. I got her all the way over to the mirror and I, I called cut. And Andrew's looking at me and he's blinking like, do we really have to do it again? And I'm like, yeah, I know it was really freaking super, but I like to have options. I was like, look, you, you did fantastic. I said, but I want to do it again. She did it again. It was okay. Did it in the third time. It was like, I don't know how you, you know, you can take, you know, and do it well and then top it. And she did. And it was just really like shocking, you know, like you didn't expect that, you know what I mean? And like, even with Kevin, like when, now that we're editing the picture, there's two scenes in the movie where, uh, one scene, Kevin's character is in the car with another character, and they're discussing my character. And the first time I watched the scene cut together, it's it really like pulls you in their conversation, 
you know, and I think when, when, once you get the music right in there, I think you're all going to get wrapped up. And it was so funny. It was like when the scene's over, I was thinking, damn, why didn't I write a longer scene? <laughs> I was like, man, it's really good. I mean, they're really into it. They've got it going. The atmosphere is there. You know, the chemistry's there. And then there's another scene where they go over to uh, one of the characters' houses. And Kevin uh, gives this speech, you know. And when you're listening to the speech and you're looking at everybody and we're going from character to character, you know, it plays off so well. You know, it's like, you know, when, you, when you're when you a writer, director, and you have those moments, it's really an accomplishment. It makes you feel good because then you think you really, you know, it makes you feel like you really have something here, you know. So... Well, I, no, I was going to say, the one thing I would add, too, now that you're going into all that, is besides the craziness to, um, to Tony, like, I wanted to add a little bit of heart to him as well. Like, he genuinely cares about these people that are around him. And partly what's driving his, his insanity, to me at least, that's the way I interpreted the character. Um, and I think it kind of pulls, it helped me pull in and create the chemistry with everybody I was acting with and the other characters I'm interacting with. So I think it worked out really well. And Scott's a great director. Um, especially being in front of the camera too. So, I mean, everything just kind of went and meshed very well together with this. So I'm really of, excited to see it. It was a lot of prep. Was a lot of prep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, there was sometimes it was like, you know, we would get things set up and then, you know, we would have everybody ready and then somebody got, got COVID or, you know, then remember we all got Omicron in January and then we had to shut down for three weeks and, uh, it, w- it was one point, you know, we were just like, oh, my God, are we ever going to finish shooting this thing, you know? And uh, that then when you go back and you look at it and you're piecing it together and you're seeing the takes and all, then the, the morale comes back and you're like, wow, you know, it's turning out great, you know? And I think, um, you know, it's a, a you know stepping stone for the black tent. And I don't think we're not going to give anything away by saying this, you know, Kevin is, for the most part of it, he really is the star of the picture. It's basically, he's going to really have a lot of weight on his shoulders, um, on this one more so than even Lycaean. And, you know, his character is a magician who is really, you know, hoping to be great. There's ego involved. There's a big ego going on here. So, Kevin, I'm really hoping you're going to be giving a completely <laughs> different role and a different turn. <laughs> you know, not crazy. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit, right, with the ego, but <laughs> it calls for it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be different. There's going to be it's it's going to be very different because you know, as the story of the movie, there's a different way he has to carry with this, and um, you know, we're still trying to find. Um, we're still trying. We're still casting to try to find the uh, right foreign actress to play the part of the the human side of my monster. You know, when I was crafting this script. Four years ago now, you know, five years ago when I started, four before I completed the first draft, my model that I had in my head was Anna Falky from Cemetery Man. Remember that one, Aaron? Oh, man. I, I, no, I can't remember that one. Check that one out. Anna Falky. Uh, she's an Italian man. model actress. She's my age. She's 50 now. And... Uh, I remember, you know, seeing that one because Fangoria was really promoting it for the longest time. And when I'd seen it, you know, I thought, wow, she was really just really hot, you know. And um, then, you know, when she gets bitten and she becomes this zombie, it's like she's so like, it's totally different. It's like you, you wouldn't want anything to do with this. <laughs> you know? And my theory of it was the role for the monster of this. I want that alluring but very forbidding, you know, 
presence because what you're going to be seeing is not what's behind this is all illusion the magic is playing a part through the whole movie and this monster is like playing with people's minds it's like if you want to see a little kid for comfort you see a child if you want to see your mom for comfort you see your mother if it's your father if it's your brother if it's your neighbor if it's your best friend whoever you know if you want to see a really sexy woman you know if you're you know you want to see a, a gorgeous you know hunky guy you know that kind of thing it wants to feed on you so it has to get close to you and then it can you know tear you apart you know and just strip you to the bone and just eat you up you know so it feeds and that's how it keeps its hold in this world so i mean it's going to be a pretty you know if, you know the way i see it i mean it's it's, it's for me it's going to be a lot more graphic than you know even like kane like kane it's going to be it's just a lot of blood you know there's there's a little bit of intestines in there but that's about it no that's not you're <laughs> that that sounds like a very interesting film i mean i i want to see this now i mean i i you, you have a lot of great ideas with it I, I I like the story, you know, of the the monster making you see what you want to see, and I just uh, it. I think it's going to be interesting, man. I really do. And yeah, um, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, like I said, you know, I've had talks recently with you know uh, investors, you know, and it's it's always where you at with like and it's like well, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of money, and you know, you get these talks, and it's like well. It is, but you got to understand something. You know, there is going to be a movie there. You know, we are going to have distribution. We do have quality people on this. We have a great cinematographer, you know, very experienced cameraman on this picture. I'm going to be working with. Really looking forward to this. I have a very experienced assistant director who's going to be coming over from London to do this movie. Um, we have, if you look on IMDb, you're going to see some of the cast already announced on there. I mean, you know, we really have some very good, passionate people that I really believe that. Uh, this is really going to be something. I think it's going to be more than just your average, you know, little horror movie. I think it's going to be something people, you know, are going to really enjoy and will want to hopefully like, want to see it again. You know, they'll want to see it again. And it'll be one of those, those horror movies where you're like, that was a f great movie. You know, I can't remember it all. Let's put it back in and watch it again. You know, I mean, it's, I'm, that's what I'm hoping for. Uh, I, I, and I think you'll get it too. And I, I, you know, I'll, I always say this, but I mean it. I mean, I, I always, uh, I'm in awe of you guys. You know, you, you get out there and you go and you create something and you be a part of something. And I think that's really, really neat. And it takes a lot of guts to do, you know, it's not easy. <laughs> so, you know, especially, I mean, it, and you said you do like dinner theater and stuff and it, going from that and doing film and stuff. I mean, you, you kind of, my nerves would be shot. I mean, I've been like, uh, I'm going to sound like an idiot or something, you know, but, <laughs> or look at <laughs> someone or so. What's I, the best part of dinner theater? You can just pick on the audience when you yeah. that way. <laughs> but no, I, I, I really appreciate y'all uh, sitting down and talking with me about this. Uh, I know, um, you, I know there's not a lot of details, but I know, uh, We'll, we'll keep everybody informed, especially on here. And anytime you guys want to come back and talk and, and promote or whatever, you know, just holler at me. I know I'm, I'm friends with Scott. I don't know about you, Kevin. I don't think I am with you on. I don't know if you have any social media. Some people stay away from that shit, but. <laughs> I'm on the book of faces. Oh, you are? Okay. So you're yeah. on the faces. I, I went from, <laughs> I went from hardly being on anything and then when I started doing this podcast and stuff, I, I have like, I'm on every, I'm on everything. 
everything. <laughs> so I went from being a ghost to now I'm out there and, and I, I got, you know, TikTok and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, we'll definitely share whatever um, and whatever you send my way. I'll make sure to post it and stuff. So we'll, we'll get the word out on this. And I, I think you guys will do great and you got some good ideas coming. And I, I do want to see, you know, the comedy come to light, the, the comedy film that you wrote. So I think that'll be neat as well. So um, was there anything else y'all want to plug before we call it a night? No, I think I, I think we'll plug what we need to plug. <laughs> You're like I've already said everything, stupid. <laughs> I think, I, I think the best thing is when we um, what, once I get to the final cut of like Hayan, um, I have two distributors that want to see it, and I pretty I'm 99.9 percent certain we're getting distribution for it. Cool. Um, so I think once we I have final cut. And I have a deal for distribution. I think Kevin and I really uh, was hoping Jeff Sharkey was going to be able to come along tonight, but um, he was tied up. And maybe even get a couple, you know, may, we might have to break it up because I know, uh, Aaron, you said you just like to get like two or three people on at a time. And yeah. basically, well, we'll have to break it up into a couple of podcasts and try to get everybody in, you know. And okay. Like yeah. No, I'm, I'm down for whatever. I'll, uh, you know. I, I think it's more, you know, kind of letting everybody have a turn to talk instead of trying to talk over each other. There's one show I did, and I swear to God, I'll never do it again. We had the whole cast, and the whole cast was great. But these people have not seen each other in a year. So they come on this podcast I was a part of, and they were joking, all the inside jokes. They were having a blast. And me and the host are like, like we're just sitting <laughs> let them reunion at that point oh my god was That's it man and, yeah. and no one could get a word in edgewise and i'm like okay so what have we learned okay how's <laughs> <laughs> the kids they doing good yeah yeah i mean what have we learned uh we have uh, <laughs> we don't have 10 people on one podcast ever again that, that was the most I've ever done and that's the most <laughs> I'll ever do. <laughs> I don't plan on. So, I mean, it's nothing against anybody. It was just, it was fun, yeah. but it was just, I, it, no one really could say anything. <laughs> it, was, it was all over the place, man. It was. But no, I appreciate you guys uh, sitting down with me. And uh, if you want to talk a little bit more off air, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more. But uh, again, everybody, uh, you know, Kevin, uh, Scott, thanks again. Takes a part of me Something lost and never seen Every time I start to believe Something's raped and taken from me From me Life's gotta always be 